for tuning in to the 495th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Aereo, SoundCloud, Pandora, <clears throat> or whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Going to have Mr. Zach on the show to preview everything for week seven of NFL action, probably talk a little bit of NBA as well. Uh... Now, before we get to that conversation, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify. I have everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp and listen to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at NightTrain underscore Lane. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, right? If you want the pod, then fret not, worry not, folks. Just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And cut up next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Mr. Zach on the show. Cut up next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Zach. How you doing, man? Uh, good afternoon, dear. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing uh, I'm doing good as well. So, first I got to talk to you about a little about the association. So, NBA season kicked off a few days ago. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, they got blown out by the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion looked really good. I just want to know, where are you at with the Nets? confused by the Nets. I'm confused by the personality of the team or what direction are they going to go in. Um, who's in charge of the ball? Who's going to really be facilitating the ball and facilitating the team? You know you got Durant. You got Durant locked in as the, as the number one option, scoring option. Uh, you got Ben Simmons who's had to play ball in, they say, a year and a half. Uh, he looks he looks lost, rusty, confused uh, on the court about where he should be. Um, he's defending he's defending the five position, which is mostly centers. He's getting pushed around. We'll see how that goes. He's a better perimeter defender than he is a post defender. Um, the best thing they can do is play up-tempo basketball. That's the best thing they can do. To play up-tempo basketball, you got to get the rebound. Um, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, I sense frustration already because he doesn't have the ball enough. Uh, he looks like he's really rushing things when he gets the ball, but it's, it's only one game. But I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed already. 
what do you think Steve Nash could do to help uh, fix some of the things that are ailing the Nets? Hmm. It's hard to, uh, it's hard from being in a leadership role when you really have no leadership, you know? You're basically a figurehead coach. I mean, the players run the players run the, run the show the way it seems. Uh, pick up some outside shooting. They lost Brown. Brown was a good garbage man for them last year. I, I don't know exactly where he went. Uh, they lost Brown. Um, Harris is an outside shooting threat, and so is uh, Curry. Right? Curry yeah. didn't play, so we didn't see that full team. So give him a look. I I I. I have to take back some of my um, harsh criticism so they to, until they come with a fully loaded team. What about the Pelicans? How did you think the Pelicans looked? My gosh. They have a three, they have a uh, one, two, three option. Uh, a good director and a good director, a good leader in CJ McCallum who showed quiet leadership. Now he's become more vocal and has a more vocal presence and is more of a coach on the floor. You have the slasher in Zion, offensive rebounds, putbacks. All his points were scored in the paint. Um, that's good. That's good for now until someone makes him shoot a jump shot. We, but until they make him shoot a jump shot, he's gonna keep piling the paint. And and um, Ingram is a Ingram is a is a super is a superstar in the making. Uh, plays with plays with confidence. Not afraid to take the big shot. Improve three point range. And he's dribbling with his head up, so he's seeing the floor better instead of just putting his head down and going. Uh, they're taking on a personality of their coach, Willie Green. Their role players hustle like hell. So that's an up-and-coming franchise. Yeah, I'll say this. Don't be surprised at the Pelicans. I'll say in the next three years if they make a conference final. So I think they have that type of young team. And if Zion figures it out, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has the potential to be one of the best players in the league, and the same with Brandon Ingram. Uh, but I think Brandon Ingram was quietly one of the more underrated young guys that nobody talks about. I don't think people realize how good he is. Because I think it came into the draft. Everybody always thought Ben Simmons would be better. But I don't think people are realizing how good Brandon Ingram plays. Because I think Brandon Ingram, I think he's a borderline top 20 guy in the league. Okay. 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 I mean, we could break. We could break. Yeah, I mean, when you have time to break things down, you know, you got guys like Brandon Ingram. You got Jamal Murray. Um, Jamal Murray's coming back from a... Um, uh, from an injury, you got, you know, he could be just as good as Booker, easily. Yeah, Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown. I think, I think Booker's top 20. Yeah. So, why shouldn't England be top 20? Well, that's true, because there's that group of Booker, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jalen Brown, I think some people would say maybe he's floated in there, and I think Brandon Ingram's every bit as talented as, as any of those guys. Um, High, uh, high level basketball play with a lot of potential. Uh, so next, I want to get to this: the Lakers. They're zero and two on the season. Obviously, the Warriors run through them like hot butter. They don't look particularly great against the Clippers, though. They uh, look a lot better. What are your thoughts on the Lakers right now? Well, basketball and skiing are two different sports, but the Lakers got on their skis. They and you can only ski one way. Downhill, downhill. I am totally disappointed in the flow of the game. 
I'm totally disappointed in the ball movement. I'm totally disappointed in Anthony Davis. Every time he falls down, he lays on the floor for five minutes, man. Snap up, man. Get up, man. Russell Westbrook, his career is basically over. Um, he's, he's skiing fast downhill. I think he was like 0 for 12 last night without a chance of making a bucket. And he continues to launch him. Patrick Beverly has more mouth than he has game. Always had to me, you know. Um, when you're depending on him for offense, you're for a long season. Yeah, I don't even and know. Anthony Davis used to be a top ten NBA player. He's not. He, he he's not even in the conversation anymore. Yeah, it's it's. His body doesn't even look the same. His shoulders. He man, I don't know. The Lakers are in for a long season. Uh, there's no way that this roster can't contend. I don't even know if this roster can be a seventh or an eighth seed. And, and if LeBron James or Anthony Davis get hurt from any amount of time, it, it's Good night, folks. See you tomorrow. I mean, it's it's going to be a long season. It doesn't look like Russ is completely bought in either. Uh, their, their roster, like, three through eight, just isn't good. <laughs> I mean, it's it just not good. And then you see them play the Warriors, and you see a team with, like, 10 to 12 really good basketball players, and you just see how they run through them. Uh, and speaking of that, the Warriors, man, they look even better than last year. Jonathan Wiseman. He got hurt early. Yeah, he got hurt early, so he's he's still developing. He he, he takes he chases the fast break. He finishes around the around the hoop. He's developing a soft soft fifteen foot touch, and uh, he can he can only help that team with his athleticism, his ability to run the lane, his ability to finish the break, his ability to follow the break, his ability to chase the break and block shots. And I'm also um, impressed by. The way Steve Kirk rotates his lineup, he, he he's a master of rotating his lineup. He's under he's he's a he, you see why he's a winner because it took him one year to adjust and then he stepped right back into where and into into his position as the number one coach in the West. What do you think of the Philadelphia 76ers right now? They're 0-2 as well. Uh, they compete. They compete. They, they, have, they have skilled players, and uh, they'll get it together. I think, uh, I, I, I think Maxi should control the back, could handle the ball a little bit more. Uh, but at least Harden's in shape, and at least Harden's giving up effort um, so far. Embiid's trying to find his way. He got his passes are too lackadaisical. He's he's, he's turning the ball over too much. Um, 
Tobias Harris is Tobias Harris. He's a he's a good player, a mid level player, not a star, not a superstar. Uh, he has to make the most of most of his uh, um, touches and the most of his attempts. Uh, I, I look. I, I see. Um, Doc Rivers. Is, Doc Rivers has to do some coaching, and uh, they have to learn how to spread the floor. And uh, I think a little up tempo basketball might help them. So Embiid wants to work so hard for all his buckets. They got to start fast breaking more. Would you want Maxi ideally to be the guy who's pushing it in those scenarios? Then, of course, of course, of course. And as 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 his, as his experience comes, so uh, so his IQ of the game. Some, uh, uh, but uh, he's a blur out there. He's fast. He's quick. He has attack attack ability, driving ability, three point shot, and he, and he's a very young man. So it's his 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 um. He has so much room for improvement. Uh, I, I I see him as a 20-point scorer in the league. So I also want to uh, ask you about this. The Celtics, a lot was made of, you know, with Ime Adoka being out. Opening night against the Sixers, they looked really good, particularly on defense. They looked really buttoned up. Their rotations looked good. They knew when to double. They knew when to help. Uh, really just played hard and together. Uh do you kind of think that the Celtics team is really not going to miss a beat without Ime? It seems like Joe Missoula, at least the first game, they did a really good job. But it's, it's just, they're just continuing the process from last year. They, they're, they're, they're maturing. They're becoming, they're, they're, they're changing from young NBA guys to young guys to veterans now. They like in their fifth year, so they're, they're solid veterans now. And, um, they can't. They can't use it out that, that we're young. It's the excuse that we're young anymore. Um, they're two or three time all stars now. Um, you got your solid role player. You got you got your head banging with smart. And you got Williams coming back off injury that will only help their defense and their rim protection. So, um, what what this guy is really doing is setting himself up for a future NBA coaching job. Or I don't know if they use the term interim as his as for him as coach, but you see, I see. I like the way he communicates with the players, and I like his energy. Yeah, and potentially if he, they do well enough, maybe they won't bring Ime uh, back. That could be a realistic scenario there. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little NFL. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk. So, here's my question for you. So, the Niners, uh, they make a trade for Christian McCaffrey. How big do you think this is going to be for San Francisco in terms of their place in the NFC hierarchy? Well, another player another player with big playability, catch the ball out the backfield, 49ers type of player. Uh, he's injury prone. Um, but 
he doesn't have to carry the team here any like he did at the other place. So um, his role is his role as his role will decrease as far as touches and things like of that of that nature. But he will be fresh. He will be fresh because they have quality weapons in um, in San Francisco. Um, they look like they took a week off. Look like they haven't planned to their up, up to their level lately. Uh, maybe this might give their team a boost because they got Kansas City coming in this week, and this is a big game. And um, they can use him. They can use him on gadget plays right now until he learns the offense. But one thing about it, catching the ball is, is one of his strengths. So maybe they can set him up with a few pass plays right out the gate. Uh, you know, maybe a screen, maybe a, maybe an ISO with a linebacker, something like that. You know. Um, Yeah, and think about it. Short routes, short routes and see if he can break something. But I look, I look forward to see how they how they use him. They have they have a very creative coach, so it shouldn't be a problem. He he just has to stay healthy. There was a lot of talk about the Bills potentially making a play for McCaffrey. Uh, how would you have felt if the Bills got him? Uh, his big playability, we 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 could use. Uh, a guy uh, running back that can take it to the house. Um, but with his contract, you be taking a risk. But you want a Super Bowl, you got to take risks. We have we have we have below average running backs. Um, I watched the game on TV like after I was live at the game last week, and then when I watched it again, he looked better on TV. I mean, his yards he looked pretty good on TV, but he's his yards after contact are not much, but he's a small style, small frames of stature of frame running back. Um, he plays decent football, but he's not he's not a game breaker. Um, but one thing about it, he's not putting the ball on the carpet, you know, like like um, like in the past, no fumbling. So that that I, I give him credit for that. Now now McKenzie has a fumbling problem. Bills have to use Singletary as their as their main running back for now. The last game they didn't. Last game he got mostly all the touches. So um, McCaffrey would have been a would have been a asset to our team, but we didn't we didn't move fast enough. I don't know exactly what they gave up. I say a one fifth round pick, and what else did they give up? It was a second and third for this upcoming draft, the 2023 NFL draft. So a second and third, and then it was a fourth and a fifth for the 2024 NFL draft. Yeah, and it's big, too, for the Niners because they give all their first-round picks basically for the Trey Lance deal when they moved up to get Trey Lance a few years ago. Uh, so that's even more so draft they're, capital. They're, they're in win-now mode. Correct. They're in win-now mode. So you were at the Bills-KC game in enemy, in, in enemy territory in Arrowhead. Just tell us how it was. Obviously, one of the loudest stadiums and all of football the rivalry chiefs bills what was it be it on the ground uh well the atmosphere was electric the the, the, the you can smell the food in the air buddy <laughs> <laughs> barbecue smoke was everywhere <laughs> barbecue 
cigarette smoke was everywhere, and we put some smoke on them. And boy, oh boy, they love to talk to talk in Kansas City. The, ha- the hospitality is great, semi like a Southern style type of place. Uh, hospitality is great. Uh, personality of the people is great. And uh, they talk a lot of talk down there, you know, like they're the only show in town. But hey, same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. <laughs> and, and, and that's what happened at the end. I was doing all the laughing. The only thing they had on me was 13 seconds. I heard 13 seconds everywhere I went in Kansas City because, of course, I had on my Bills attire. And um, I, I went one place, and I went to, like, 30 Bills fans at one time. Oh, we took over the place. Um, as far as the game goes, the energy in the stadium was good. Um, we had a, we had a um, conversation about who's the loudest stadium. And some people from Buffalo were actually saying that they couldn't hear themselves. And uh, they said they think that was the loudest stadium they've been to. Uh, it's close. It's close. I've never been to Seattle, but it was close. And uh, the game, the game had a few t- a few turnovers early. Uh, it wasn't as high scoring as I anticipated. And um, all I can say is Von Miller, Von Miller was was worth his money in that game. Because he made big plays at the right time. Not big plays all game, big plays at the right time. The clothes are closed. Mm. And Patrick Mahone is, is, is amazing to watch. That's all I can say. Yeah, I think... His footwork, his, his footwork and his escapability is amazing. Yeah, there's probably nobody, I mean... I, don't, I know you don't like it when somebody says like it's the best ever, but I think in terms of the coordination of footwork and throwing from all these different arm angles, I don't know if there's any quarterback in the history of the game that's ever been able to do it quite like Mahomes. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers in his prime was kind of like that. Maybe some people would say Brett Favre, but it just in terms of... Well, before he, before he stole all the money, I would say Brett Favre, but I... I... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but those it's it's amazing. Sometimes yeah. the Bills are playing good defense, great, everybody's covered. Great, great comparisons. He mm-hmm. buys time, he buys time, he buys time, he gives them a chance to get open. The score, well, uh, the touchdown by, by Juju was a broken play. He bought enough time to get, make that happen. Because that was not designed, that what happened here. He escaped, spin around and threw the ball across the field. Yeah, and I think initially in the game, you know, the Bills struggled a little bit. I think the cover McColl McColl got wide open a few times, and I was like, okay. Uh, but then they they settled down. Uh, Tyron Johnson didn't have a particularly good first half. Isaiah McKenzie didn't have a good first half either. Both of them didn't play their best football in the first half. But early in the second half, I think the Bills kind of started to put their stamp on the game. What were you thinking when the Chiefs, obviously the Bills scored 24-20, to 20, uh, that go-ahead drive. The Chiefs have the ball now, and they're driving. What are you thinking? Well, I just watched the guy kick a 62-yard field goal, but he wasn't in effect at that moment. They had to get a touchdown. So I was feeling pretty confident. They had to get a touchdown. A field goal wouldn't have done it. Um, great tackling at the end. And uh, great pressure on the quarterback. He escaped, but he couldn't get away. 
how uh, how silent was Arrowhead after the Bills won? Quiet as a church mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best way I could put it. Hush, hush, hush. And one thing I will say about the game, too, that's always important to remember, at the end of the day, uh, none of this matters. If the Chiefs want to get to the postseason, it's all for naught, right? I mean, uh, we have the laugh right now, but, I mean, it's all who has the last laugh. So. Well, well, well the key, the, 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 the foundation of that of our, of, our, of our season is getting home field advantage, and, 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 and that's all we're playing for. Anything else, anything else is not acceptable. You can't go. You can't expect to have the best team and don't get home field advantage. What else? Did the, conversation, the conversation of the day was: Who wants to come to Buffalo in January? I don't see too many people raising their hand to come here in January. That's true. It gets cold and it gets loud. Cold, loud, windy, and you're playing a hell of a team. It's kind of like Green Bay a little bit, where it gets really cold up in Green Bay too. Uh, small, oh, yeah, oh, small town, oh, kind of like that. Oh, and it's kind of like Green Bay. Green Bay is colder than Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's tough to play up there because it gets cold. Oh, uh, very cold. Very cold. It gets loud, uh, and you keep getting hit over and over again. You're like, ah, I don't really, I don't want. You know, this isn't too fun. Uh, so, what else did you get a chance to do in Kansas City? Well, the main thing, the main thing, I, I, I got, I got a chance to rip to um, witness the uh, Negro Negro Baseball League Hall of Fame and Museum. It was an honor to go there. I walked in my father's footsteps and my granddad's footsteps and the footsteps of. of all my older relatives who lived and died for Negro League baseball—they were—they from my 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 roots are from 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 North Carolina, and uh, my other side is from Alabama, and they grew up on Negro League baseball—the Birmingham Black Barons, Kansas City Monarchs, the Homestead Graves, uh, 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 the Memphis such and such, and all the variety of names of those of those teams, the New York Black Yankees. Um, uh, and, and, the, and, and the variety of players that played out there that were major league skill level, but because of the laws and the injustice and the race relations of the, of the American of the world, we were always treated as second class until they, until they took over the sport of baseball. And they were so dominant they, that, the, that the, the, the major leagues refused to play against them. And uh, those barnstorming teams... They didn't have the best equipment and the best facilities, but they were some hell of a ball players, and it was a it was an honor to go into that place. And I, I walked I walked down, I looked at the memorabilia, and I bought a little merchandise, and uh, and also um, they have the jazz museum there with all the jazz greats of Charles Parker, Thelonious Monk, John Coltrane. These guys are before your time, but if once you look them up, you'll find out they they were the who's who of jazz in the early days. Also, who could only who who could only play for the for the white crowd, but they had to couldn't eat with them, and they couldn't stay in the same hotel with them. They just were entertainers to them. And uh, the roots of that the roots of that um, were very touching to see how far we came, but see how much farther we have to go. Um, 
to me, baseball didn't start until 1947 when Jackie Robinson played. Anything before that wasn't fair because it wasn't fair play on a level playing field, the turf, and the, and, the, and, the, and the rights of people were not equal. And um, not saying they were after Jackie Robinson, but at least he knocked on the door and got a, and he got the door cracked over so he could squeeze a few players in until, you know, the guys like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron came through. They played. They were Negro Leaguers, too. They, they came a little later, and they were able to play. And once they came, they didn't crack the door. They kicked the door open. So I tried great barbecue places, and I, I met some nice friends down there. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a total good weekend. So what we're going to do is we're going to take another break, and then come next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to preview Week 7 of NFL Action. Cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. AFC Championship game. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. Stakes are high. Tensions even higher. Mothers anxiously waiting. Children in the stands ready to cry if their team goes home and doesn't get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Your pulse racing. He kicks, and you watch as the ball lands. Recovered. Onside kick. Oh my gosh. Touchdown, Josh Allen. The Bills, they're going back to the Super Bowl. Only in my dreams, right? Now, make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make this even sweeter... You can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Mr. Zach with us. So, Week 7 NFL predictions. Cleveland Browns at Baltimore Ravens. Who you got here? Well, they're both coming off of losses last week. The Cleveland Browns got blew out by New England. And um, Baltimore lost to an underrated, uh, underrated Giants team. Um, so, I, I'm... I'm going Baltimore. I'm going. I'm going Baltimore with Lamar Jackson having a rebound. I think him and Andrews get together. Cleveland started. Cleveland started to show their true colors. Uh, their quarterback held it down for a while, but he's not clicking anymore. Yeah, I'll go Ravens as well, and I'll say Ravens twenty-eight to twenty-one. Also, the Browns defense just has not been good. Uh, so that's another issue there. So next we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Well. Tampa Bay can't. Tampa Bay's. Tampa Bay's coming off a terrible game on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, Tom Brady had a meltdown. He he called it motivation. I I I think he was having a tantrum. He said he was motivating his teammates. I say he was having a baby tantrum. But um, 
It's all, it's all, it's, it's, it was all falling apart for them last week. That's why you don't, you don't bet against home underdogs. You see what happened, right? And um, Tampa Bay is in trouble, but Carolina just traded the best player on that team. They're, they're, they're tanking. They're ready. To, they're, they're, they're folding already. And I see Tampa Bay winning by two touchdowns. I'll go with Tampa Bay as well, but I'll say Tampa 21 to Carolina 13. Uh, people forget, I mean, Carolina was sneaky close with the Rams for a little bit during that game as well. Another team yeah, that's yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I just finished preaching about a home underdog, so beware. Beware, Tampa. And Tampa's not playing good football, and this is a divisional game. So I think Tampa is the most, the more talented team, and they're the better team, so I'll think they'll win. But I think this game could... This could end up being another upset or another game that gets a lot closer than you would think. So next we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Cincinnati Bengals. Who you got here? Atlanta played big last week. Atlanta played big last week, and uh, but so did so did so did Cincy. I I see this as a high scoring game. Cincy thirty, Atlanta twenty eight. I'm gonna go Cincinnati twenty eight, Atlanta twenty four. Uh, I think we're going to see a Joe Burrow last-second drive here. Uh, Atlanta, they're a tough team. They keep games very close, uh, and they're a team that you're not going to blow out. And I also still have a little bit of concerns about the Bengals' offensive line. I think Grady Jarrett's going to cause them some problems in the interior. So next we have the Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. Who you got in this one? Detroit started off the season with a scoring a lot of points, playing with a lot of energy, but... They look like, you know, another 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 long season for the Lions, and um, Dallas getting their quarterback back. Um, Dak Prescott's coming back. Uh, the other guy helped. He hold down the fort pretty good. So it's up to Prescott to step back in and, and finish the job. Now, I say Dallas in a big win, twenty-eight seven. I'm going to go Dallas 34-17. to 17. The Lions defense isn't good, and I think their offense is starting to falter just a little bit. Uh, so next we have the New York football Giants at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who you got here? Well, Giants played, Giants played big again last week. Um, by, but not knocking off Baltimore. And, um, Jacksonville kind of had a shootout with, uh, with the Colts. In a high-scoring game, uh, you can't sleep. You can't sleep on Jacksonville at home. But I see the Giants winning the close one, twenty-one seventeen. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Giants, twenty-one to Jacksonville, twenty. Jacksonville's a more talented team. They're at home, but the Giants know how to win games, and the Jaguars don't know how to win games. I think that's gonna be the deciding factor here. Next, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go with Tennessee 20 to the Colts 17. Uh, Tennessee's historically uh, gotten the better of the Colts in these divisional matchups. And I think, while they both won a few games in a row, uh, Tennessee's been playing overall better football than the Colts. So next we have the Green Bay Packers at the Washington Commanders. Uh, 
Uh, Green Bay, should, Green Bay should take that game. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing much out of, um, I'm not seeing much out of Washington, man. You know, um, gonna be a long season for them. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are struggling, but I think they have enough to beat to beat um, Washington. I'm they have enough to beat Washington, but it's, they not, they're not going to blow them out, that's for sure. They're not playing blowout football. Their pass protection is terrible. You know, they might, Washington might even make it a game early, but I see Packers winning 24-13. I'm going to go with the Packers 24-17. Uh, this game could get a little scary. Uh, the Packers are going on the road, having another uh, lost the Jets and the Giants. It's hard for me to imagine that Matt LaFleur and Rodgers are going to lose three straight games, considering that since both of them have been together, the quarterback coaching combination of the both, they've won 13 straight games like the last uh, 13 uh, games during the regular season, like the last three years since they've been together. So to me to imagine them losing three straight games in the season is kind of mind-boggling. So I think the Packers will get the win. Uh, also, Washington just isn't a very good football team. So next we have the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Hmm. Just playing good ball. And Denver is and Denver is kind of a disappointment. Um, even though they're they're um the Jets are going on the road, I think they're playing with I think they're playing with confidence. Uh they're playing with the personality of their coach, which is which is hard nosed. And I see um Jets winning. Jets beating um the Jets beating the Broncos twenty one seventeen. Broncos have trouble scoring, man. I'm going to go with the Jets, 17 to the Broncos, 10. The Broncos offense isn't very good. The Jets front, in particular, and actually their secondary too, with guys like uh, Sauce Gardner and uh, Whitehead, it's kind of underrated. So uh, this is going to be a long day. I think Zach Wilson is going to find a way to manage the game. They're also running the ball pretty well with Brees Hall. Uh, I think we're going to see the Jets win this game and get to 5-2 and two on the NFL season. Kind of crazy. Next, we have the Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders. Who you got here? Well, Houston's coming off a bye week. Houston's coming off a bye week. And, um, I mean, I don't know what difference that, that, that makes. Um, the Raiders, the Raiders' big playability will, will win this game for them. They go. They they can go deep on Houston. So um, I look forward. I look forward to Raiders winning big. I'm gonna go with the Raiders, 27 to 24. I think this will be a closer game than we may think. I don't think the Raiders defense is still particularly good, but the Raiders should definitely win this football game. Next, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the L.A. Chargers. Who you got here? Seattle, Seattle, Seattle plays good early. Char- Seattle plays good early. The Chargers, the, Char- the Chargers struggle early. Um, well, Seattle fades at the end. I'll take the Chargers in this game, thirty-one to twenty-seven. I'm going to take the Chargers too. And I'm going to say thirty to twenty-four. Uh, I, th- I think Seattle- Seattle's going to move the ball against them. They really can't defend the run at all. Uh, the Chargers can. And Geno Smith has been playing surprisingly pretty good football. Uh, but they shouldn't be able to outscore the Chargers. So next we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers. A rematch of a Super Bowl a few years ago. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Kansas City 
Kansas City is primed for a takedown. 49ers, 49ers 27, Kansas City 24. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I'm going to say the Chiefs win 27 to the 49ers 24. I think oh, the okay. reversal. Yeah, reversal. I, okay. I, I still okay. think the Niners are still getting their guys a little bit more healthy. Uh, I don't think this is the Niners team that we will see towards the tail end of the season. I think they're going to be a real player in the NFC. But I do think this is wrong place, wrong time. They're going to get McCaffrey. I don't know how much he's going to play or how much uh, they're going to want to play him. But I think this is kind of wrong time, wrong time, uh, wrong time, wrong place for the 49ers against the Chiefs. Um, uh, I, the, the, Chief, the, the Chiefs couldn't guard Diggs, so I don't think they'll be able to guard Debo. Now, that's true. That's true. But Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't Josh Allen either. Of course. Okay. <laughs> Far from it. Far from it. <laughs> Far from it. Uh, next, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Miami Dolphins. Well, Miami's quarterback's coming off of, of, off an injury. Pittsburgh's coming off a big win, but that was at home. Feel Pittsburgh's better at home. Miami, Miami wins this game. Miami wins this game 24-10. I don't know the last time Miami had a Sunday night football game at home. My God, I guess the Dolphins are moving up in the world. Uh, so I'm going to go Dolphins 20 to the Steelers 17. They're just a more talented football team when they should win this game. Uh, next, we have Chicago versus New England. Monday night football. Aikman and Buck are going to be on the call. Who you got here? Patriots at home. Patriots at home. Uh, they they got too much defense for Justin Fields and that and that underachieving offense. Even though he's getting better, um, I don't think they have enough. They don't have enough to win on the road in New England. New England just coming off a thrashing um they uh, their last opponent and um which was Cleveland. They put up thirty eight points. So New England look New England's running game and, and defense will get them over. I'm going to go with the Patriots as well. I'll say 24-9. to nine. Uh, The Bears are going to struggle them with the ball. New England's defense, they're very good. Nine, three field goals. Yeah. So they won't even score a touchdown. No, very fundamentally sound. And they give young quarterbacks a lot of trouble historically. Uh, I think they're going to do a lot of stuff, mix up a lot of stuff in coverage to confuse Justin Fields. Going to be a long day for number one for the Bears. And that's all we have for week seven NFL predictions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's getting better with time, man. It's getting better with time. Uh, the season is this. We're, we're moving into towards the midway point of the season pretty soon. People are showing their true identities. We're seeing what teams are made of. Who's gonna? The key is who's going to be healthy down the stretch. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Zach for coming on the show. I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 495th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.